get into the Word this morning, I just want to speak from the title, The Hidden Rewards of Kindness. The Hidden Rewards of Kindness. Kindness, it's a powerful thing to be kind. You know, it says in the Bible that the world would know us by our love for one another. That's how the world would know we were disciples of Jesus Christ, because of our love and our care and our concern for one another. Kindness is powerful. Kindness is life-changing. Kindness is something that reaches into our heart and can bring transformation. We are kind to others because we have received the kindness of God ourselves. Now it says in Proverbs 11 verse 17, your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. Your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. You know, kindness is one of the fruits of the Spirit that are listed. And so it's talking about when we are connected to Jesus Christ, when we have relationship with Him, that one of the fruits of the Spirit that would come out of our life is kindness. Now, we're a Pentecostal church, and we're a church that loves to get passionate in worship. We're a church that loves to pray for the sick and believe for miracles. We're a church that loves to speak in tongues. We're a church that loves to stir up the gifts of the Spirit. We are that kind of church. But with a church like us, I guess there's different kind of ways that we can look at church and different kind of opinions that people can have. Some people love the spirit moving. They love the free worship. They love the the altars full and the prayer and they love that kind of stuff and they love those moments. And and, And then there's others that would say, well, I want it to be more deep. I want it to have a deeper experience. I want a deeper understanding of the Word. I want more deeper teaching and not just that fluffy stuff that you guys do that's, uh, that's all what you'd call spirit-led. And so within a church like us, we've got different sides of what people would see, different preferences, different elements, different services have different feels. And there's, there's different ways that we do things. But I hope that it would always be said about us that we're kind. I hope that it would always be said about us that we are a church that is loving, that you can come in and you can feel a sense of family. And yes, services are different each week and different things happen and there's different emphasis and different moments and we've got different gifts, different people that speak from this platform that bring different elements of the gospel. But together, we are the family of God. Together, there is a kindness that comes when we understand what God has done for us, that we want to spill out and flow into our community, that people would say about us, they're kind. They may not see us worshiping on Sunday passionately. They may not see those moments, but I hope on a Monday and a Tuesday at work and a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I hope they see the kindness of God, the Spirit of God that is flowing through your life. It's a fruit of the Spirit. If you're plugged into the Holy Spirit, if you're connected with Him, kindness will flow. Kindness will come. Ephesians 2 verse 4 says, But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and what? Kindness towards us as shown in all He has done 
for us who are united with Christ. I love that passage because it reminds me that my life is an example of the kindness of God. That I have been a recipient of the wealth of God's kindness. What is God like? God is kind. God is loving. God is not judging you. God is not trying to cause you to feel condemned. God is not causing you to feel weighed down and burdened. God is a God of release. He's a God of kindness and love. He cares about every detail of your life. He knows about your pain. He knows about those tears that are cried when you are alone. God is kind to you. We have received that kindness and we have a responsibility to outwork that kindness to others. You know, there's some misconceptions about kindness. And let me just give you three of them this morning. The first one is this, kindness is weakness. Kindness is weakness. That's a misconception about kindness. You know, sometimes we get into uh, maybe a leadership environment or maybe a business environment. And it's like, well, there's no friends in business. We've just got to do this. We've got to make hard decisions and they've just got to deal with it. But you know what? You can make hard decisions and be kind. It actually takes strength to be able to do that. It's easy to be mean to people. It's easy to be rude to people. It's easy to write people off. It's easy to see the worst in people. Do you know what it takes strength? To be kind. To love people. To care for them genuinely. To see the best in them. Second thing is kindness is not ignoring the hard truths. Sometimes you need to tell somebody the truth. And being kind is telling the truth. Being kind is telling the truth in love. Being kind is addressing things and speaking about things. It's not just saying, oh, well, just be nice. I'm just avoiding conflict. If you avoid conflict all the time, you're going to be frustrated. People around you are going to be frustrated. Being kind is is addressing the hard truths as well. And the third thing is kindness is not a shallow expression of our faith. You know, I've talked about those things and we can think about prophecy. We can think about words of knowledge. We can think about those things that are powerful, gifts of the Spirit, and I love that stuff. I love it. I really genuinely do love that. I want to see more of it. But you know what's great? Kindness. It's just as good. You know what? It's not a lesser spiritual quality. You know, it talks about in Scripture that we can have 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor, everything I had to the poor, And even sacrifice my body. I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And then what does it say? Love is patient and kind. See, love is a spiritual thing. Love is a powerful thing. It's not a shallow spiritual truth. It's deep. To love people, to be kind to people is actually depth. And I know we love theology and we love to understand the study of God's Word, but kindness is the outworking of theology. It's great to have headspace, it's great to understand theology, and it's really great to study biblical truths and to show yourself approved. That is really important. But outworking that 
is being kind. That's outworking that theology and saying it's not just headspace, I live that. Because you might know all the spiritual truths, but you know what your work colleague cares about? That you're kind to them. You know, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And they want to know you care. They want to know that you love them and that you genuinely have kindness towards them. You shall know my disciples by their love for one another. That's what Jesus said. And so I just want to rapid fire, give you eight things this morning, eight benefits of kindness. Are you ready? I'm loading the gun because it's going to come rapid fire this morning. Number one, the first one is this. Kindness is something we sow and reap. Kindness is something we sow and reap. Do to others as you would have them do to you, it says in Luke 6, 31. The golden rule, do to others as you would have them do unto you. The truth is when we are kind to others, it brings kindness into our world. When we sow kindness, we reap kindness. When we invest into our relationships in a way that we are kind to them, we receive in that way. You know, one thing that I've observed over the last few years in ministry is when a pastor falls, and I really hate that term, when a pastor falls, when they make a mistake, it makes it bigger than what it is. We're all sinners saved by grace, aren't we? When a pastor falls, usually what I have observed seems to happen is before they do, they get a lot more harsh on things. And they can be a lot more unkind leading up to that. Entitlement can sometimes start to creep in. Those kind of things can start to come into their world. And there's a harshness that can come about them. And then when they fall, then what happens? They receive and they reap back a lot of harshness from other people. And it's an ugly thing to watch because people feel this bent-up frustration. Well, you were hard on me. The burdens, the things you put on me, and now I'm going to put it on you. And it's like, you know what? Remember the gospel of grace? That we're all saved by grace? That it's His love that is, has come in to our lives and has brought transformation? And I think for all of us, people are struggling with things that we don't know about. People are going through things. Everybody's on a journey. I think there's a challenge for us to sow kindness. I don't want to be the first person to throw stones. I don't want to be the first person to bring judgment and, and, and harsh work. I want to be somebody that's showing love and kindness. You reap what you sow. You know, the people that are the most gracious and loving and kind, you want to be around those people. You feel like, hey, I just feel better. I feel like you've lifted me from just being around somebody that shows that sense of love and kindness. It's powerful and it brings transformation in our life. The second thing this morning is this, kindness speaks for you. Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31, girl. Proverbs 31, verse 26 says this, She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I love that. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of what? Of kindness is on her tongue. Kindness speaks for you. Amy has this thing. She's a gifts person and she, she sends flowers to people. I go to conferences or I go and see friends in ministry or just different friends even in our church and they say to me, thank you for the flowers through that really difficult time. And I used to say, no, it wasn't me. I didn't send the flowers. But now I've realized Amy's sending flowers to people all the time. 
And so now I pretend like I know. Oh, no worries. No problem. And she's sending flowers to people when they have a baby. She's sending flowers to people when they're going through a difficult time. And, and I'm getting all these, th- I get the texts, I get the messages. I, people call me up and say, thank you. And I've got no idea about it. And what's taught me is kindness speaks for you. I love them. I care about them. But I, I didn't go about getting those flowers together, calling a florist and sending the flowers, getting the address of their place and sending it. I didn't do that. Amy did that. And that kindness that she's shown, it actually speaks for us. It speaks for her. It speaks for me. And I think for all of us, when we are kind to people, that speaks about the kind of God that you serve. When we are kind to people, that speaks about the kind of person that you are and the character that you have. That's what people want to know, that you're kind. They want to know that you care. And it's great to be good at your giftings and abilities and the things that you do, but kindness It speaks for you in a way that those things can't do. When you are kind to the cleaner as much as the CEO, that means something to people. And that to me is a gospel quality, the kind of kindness that Jesus exhibited to us. A third thing this morning is this, is kindness is attractive. Kindness is attractive. We all want to be around the person that's kind. I think we've all experienced the grumpy Christian. And it looks like they're just being sucking on lemon juice and they're just angry all the time and you're scared to approach them and they've got a negative criticism on their mouth ready to say. You're like, oh, I'm going to go the other way. You know, you know you, you just, there's just this feeling around that kind of person where they just make you feel small and they, just, they make you feel like there's a weight around you. Gee, I don't that, want that ever to be said about me. I don't want that ever to be said about our church. I want it to be a place of release, freedom, kindness, love, a place of family where you come as you are and you just understand and receive the kindness of God. That we would be kind, that we would love one another. It would be so attractive that our world would say, hey, I want to check out what's going on at City Church because those people are kind. I bag them out on Facebook and they're still kind. We say things about them in their community and they're still kind to us. That's the kind of thing we want people to experience and know. We want people to know the kindness of God, that even when they feel angry or frustrated, the walls are up. They're, They're sus about us. You know, one thing that speaks, it's a universal language, is kindness. Even when they don't understand our faith, at least they would understand our love for them. And that should be unmerited for each and every person. Kindness is attractive. You know, there's not a lot of 120-year-old supermodels. Just let you know that. And so our beauty does fade over the years. But something beautiful that does not fade is kindness. And it doesn't matter how old you get, just being kind to someone is so attractive. It's so nice. Don't, don't, don't be that person that gets cynical over the years, that's bitter, that's all scrunched up. Be the kind of person that's free, that's kind, that has an attractive spirit. Love is patient. Love is kind. Someone that the next generation can come to and feel like, you know what, they've got someone championing them on because there's a kindness that comes. I love that. The fourth thing is kindness changes environments kindness changes environments proverbs 21 21 says whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life 
righteousness and honor. If you pursue kindness, those things will pursue you. Righteousness, life and honor. Honor will chase you down if you chase down being kind to other people. When you're kind to people, when you love them right, when you care about them, when you see the intrinsic value in each and every person and you show kindness to them, don't worry about honor. Honor will chase you because people will naturally honor people that are kind to them. People will naturally honor somebody that shows love and concern and care towards them. We used to have these youth leaders meetings when I was a youth pastor. And you get into all the details of the meetings and sorting out what you're going to do on Friday night. And, and we had this kind of segment that we created. It would just go for about five minutes somewhere in the meeting. where We just picked one person out of the 20 or 30 people in that youth leaders meeting. We picked one person and we're like, every one of us is going to write a note of encouragement and appreciation to that person right now. So whoever, was, whoever that person was would receive 30 notes, 30 letters from other people, their peers and people that love them, about what we loved about them, what their gifting was, what we appreciated about that person. They left that place. They were walking on air. I can tell you it changed the whole atmosphere of that youth meeting. All the detail and the dryness of organizing, all that, kind of stuff, that didn't matter because we're building up someone right now. And it's amazing how good you felt by just writing the letter. It actually did something in you. It brought about such a release in those meetings. And I think that's what kindness does. It it changes environments. You can go into environments where there's a heaviness. Everyone's angry with each other. There's a you can feel it in the room and you come in and you just be kind to someone. You say a kind word, encourage someone, a smile, you bring joy into the room, you change the whole atmosphere of the place. What if our families and our workplaces and our friendship groups and wherever we went, what if we were environment changes and we brought kindness in it into those environments and it just brought about a release? And you know what it was? It was the Spirit of God in us, the fruit of the Spirit that was outworked in us. Kindness coming into that room and just changing the whole atmosphere. Number five, kindness reaches the heart of people. You know, Proverbs 12 verse 25 says, Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Kindness reaches the heart of people. You may be able to uh, touch people's intellect or mind with your great wisdom and your great understanding of, of certain things, but you'll only really touch the heart by being kind, by showing love, by caring deep, deeply about somebody and showing that you do. That's when you start to touch the heart and it brings transformation. I have a next door neighbor that's been going through a difficult time. And uh, we've just been talking about kind of a breakup in his family and some really challenging things that he's been going through. I've managed to, for the months that he's lived next to me, I've managed to never tell him what I do. I just avoid the conversation. I know all about him, but he knows nothing about me. And so, because it just can sometimes kill the conversation when they're like, oh, they're a pastor. He's a lot, lot easier opening up over a beer to some guy that just lives ne- next door than and swearing and telling me all the stuff that's going on. And as soon as I tell him he's a pastor, he's going to become a saint. He's going he's to, oh, so, I'm sorry, I swore. You know, it's, it's just going to change the whole dynamic. And so he just pours out his heart to me and he just tells me about what's going on. And it's, it's, it's just great to be able to have those moments together. And you know what? It's actually kind of inconvenient 
Because, you know, when you're in your driveway at home, you're on your way to get in the door. No one hangs out in their driveway. And so it's always at a time where you're like, you've just got home, you've got stuff to do, you're just about to go out. But those moments of just taking the time and being kind have just borne so much fruit. I've just been able to speak into this guy's life. And you know what? It's brought natural fruit as well. He grows pumpkins and so he brings them over to our house. He gives us gifts and stuff like that from his workplace. And he just shows kindness back. Because I think what's happened is it's gone past his head. Oh, we live next door. I know their names. And I, and I hope it's gone to his heart. These people care. They want to take the time to talk to us. And uh, he doesn't know about why we care yet. Maybe the depth of our understanding of what, who God is. But I hope one day he does. But I think the doorway to that is kindness. The doorway to that is just caring about him. Number six, kindness opens the door of opportunity. Kindness opens the door of opportunity. A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain only wealth. A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain only wealth. See, honor opens the door to opportunity. And when we show care and kindness to somebody, it opens the opportunity for that person's heart to be engaged with you. It opens the opportunity for you to be able to get to know them better. And I think in your life, when you're kind to people and you've built up a, a, I guess, a a resume of kindness to others, it actually speaks for you and opens up doors of opportunity in your life. I remember going for a job interview when I was in real estate and I had two job interviews, I think, on the same day. And one I went to and I was at the interview and the staff were treating each other horribly and the managers and the bosses were just screaming at the staff and I was sitting in the waiting room thinking, I'm about to interview with these people. This sounds like the worst place to work. And there was just such a meanness about it. I had the interview and I got the job. And then I went to the next one and I I, I had the interview there and this lady was so kind to me and she loved that I was from the country. And she's like, I just love those old country values. I was playing on that. I'm like, yeah, I love it too. You know, like I'm just talking through and we're just talking about all these kind of things. And she was so kind to me. And I didn't really, to be honest with you, I was still finishing my study to be able to do the job. But she took this punt on me and said, I'm offering you the job. And, and she was just so kind. And so I had the two job opportunities. I can tell you, it was a very, very quick decision. Which job I wanted to go. Kindness open that door of opportunity for that job. I'm still connected with those people today and friends with them. Because I think kindness opens up opportunities for us. Kindness directs us to where we're meant to go. It opens up those opportunities. Honor opens the door. And I think when we're kind, you'll see in your life, favor, opportunities, they just open up. Your kindness speaks for you and it just puts you in positions of honor and responsibility. Number seven, kindness promotes unity. Most important of all, it says in 1 Peter 4, 8, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. You know, when I look at this room, I look at sinners. When I look at myself in the mirror, I look at a sinner. Not one of us have graduated from not sinning. We've received God's grace, which has dealt with that. But we're still all sinners. We're still all going to mess up, make mistakes, do things wrong. 
I think that's, in a way, when you think about it, that's a unifying thing. You're just as messed up as me. (laughs) Turn to the person next to you, give them a side eye. They're as messed up as you. We are all a mess. We've been unified by the grace of Jesus Christ, the blood of God that was shed on that cross to take away our sins, to forgive us from our past mistakes and any sin and mistake that we'll do into the future. It's the full forgiveness of everything you've ever done or ever will do. Receiving that, it's a unifying quality. And you know what? I think when we get ununified, we start judging ourselves. We start seeing ourselves better than that person. We start you know, looking at other people and we can find ourselves in a position where we start to allow pride to dictate things. And whenever there's pride, there'll be division. I just think there's something beautiful about the humility of understanding I am saved by grace. And I want to show that same kind of kindness that's transformed my life to those people that are around me. See, kindness promotes unity. Jesus prayed a prayer in John 17. And he prayed that the disciples to come, talking about us and future generations, that we would be one, that we would be unified. And unity, unity is a prayer that God prays that we can actually answer. So much of the prayers we pray, God answers, but unity is one we can answer by our actions and by the way we treat each other. We can choose to be a unified church. We can choose to be unified in our family by making that choice. And allowing God's grace to be in the midst of it. And finally this morning, kindness has a long-term reward. Kindness has a long-term reward. So you may get somewhere in the short term on gifting. You may get somewhere in the short term on just being able to have the right personality in that moment. But over time, your character will show. Over time, your character will be seen. And in the long term, people will see your behavior And choose whether you're someone worth following, someone worth connecting with, someone worth doing life with. You look at businesses. Over time, reputations are built for businesses. Over time, for your life, your name and your reputation is built. It's really easy to blow it. It's really easy to speak negative or do something and make a mistake. But when you think about businesses or families or people that go the test of time, they understand that kindness It's a long-term reward. And as you're just kind to the cleaner or the CEO, you're kind to every person that comes. Over time, it may just feel like just such a small thing. But over time, people will see that in your life and say, you know what? I want to be around that person. There's a long-term reward that comes. Hey, you know what? The way you've treated me for years, what is that? There's something about you. Let me tell you about it. Jesus received his kindness. I think those opportunities come up in the long term when we show love and kindness and care for people. So Proverbs eleven seventeen, your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels kind of good to be cruel. It's like, yeah, they cut me off. I'm going to let them know. Oh, yeah, it's frustrating. I feel like that with counsel. Like, I'm like, oh, man, how long are we going to wait? I'm frustrated. But I knew I needed to be kind because we're a church. 
it's actually really easy to just unleash and to be cruel. The challenge is actually to be kind. The strong thing is to actually be kind. So would you stand with me this morning? I want you to understand the depth of what kindness is. I was playing around about prophecy and all those things. and They're so important. But so is kindness. And I just want us to see it in that same page because that's the way that God sees it. It's great to have those giftings and abilities, but to be kind, loving God, loving people, that's the call of all of us as disciples. You should know them by their love for one another. So if you feel comfortable this morning, would you reach out your hands? And I just want to pray a prayer over you. Lord, I pray this morning for these incredible people. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand in a new way, a new revelation of your incredible wealth of kindness that's been poured out towards us. That that would shift things for us, Lord. That we'd no longer see ourselves condemned or feel like there's an angry God waiting for us to fail. But Lord, I pray that we would really understand that you're calling us your trophies of grace, that you want your kindness towards us to be seen throughout the generations, that your wealth of kindness has been poured out upon us and it's changed everything. And Lord, I pray, help us to see with new eyes those that are around us, even the frustrating people, even the people that annoy us, Lord. Help us to operate with kindness. Help them to see it. Help us to see them through your eyes and show love and care and great value to each and every person. And I pray that we would be the kindest people on earth. That people would notice about us, gee, they're so kind. And that would start the conversation is why are you so kind? And I just pray for opportunities to come from our kindness and our love to the world around us. In Jesus' name.